episode is brought to you by Lightstream, the nation's premier online consumer lender. Lightstream offers low-interest fixed-rate loans from $5,000 to $100,000 for practically any purpose. It's also brought to you by our newest Patreon member and past guest, Jenny H. Yes, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I couldn't do this without you. Thank you. I am so grateful to all of you Patreoners who are making this show a possibility. The Queer Family Podcast. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Angela and Jess. Hey, hey. Happy Monday. Okay, so Angela and Jess are back to help me introduce the interview that's coming in. Angela and Jess are from, I think we go way back to season five, episode 16. And then also you were back again, season nine, episode 13. So you have two episodes. Can you give a recap as best you can to our listeners? Who are you two and why do you keep coming back? I don't know, because we're gluttons for punishment, I know. No, because <laughs> nah, we love you too oh, much. I love you too. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've been together for a long time. We met at Columbus Pride. I decided to get pregnant first, and I had help syndrome. That's the first episode we recorded. H-E-double-L-P. Right, yes. yes. And um, gave birth to our beautiful son, who is now three and a oh half. His name is Joan. Yeah, going on 13. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and then now we're in the process, which... We should say not in process because it's, it's been almost 24 months oh, shit. of getting right. Ange pregnant. So our second episode was kind of up, updates AKA of where we were. we are and, full of content. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I did four IUIs. And I think when we recorded in season nine, I was about to head into IUI number two. Ugh. And it hasn't worked. So we went through an IVF process. So we've done one cycle of IVF. Oh, shit. With retrieval. The, yeah, retrieval. Okay. Retrieval not at the only place that would work with me based on my BMI, which is ridiculous. That was like two hours away that I had to go to this clinic every other day, basically, right. as they, you know, did a 15 minute uh, <laughs> meeting with us to look at my my uterus mm-hmm. and uh more uteruses but yeah. you don't have a more uteri you don't have a uterus. yeah so this is so it's so funny it, wait this is not funny <laughs> because it's sad that this is this is an ongoing process for you but it's funny that y'all right. are here to introduce this interview because the two that are coming in maria and jill had a really interesting baby making journey as well with a unicorn uterus <laughs> yeah. and like that's the good and bad in our intentional families is we know so much more about our bodies than the typical person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> At least through this process. You know? Yeah. So her finding that out is unfortunate, you know, but it's also good in the long run that she can make those decisions. Okay. So the, the, the Marie and Jill, you know, the first one gave birth and it, it was kind of difficult. And now they're trying to decide about if they want to have a second. And that's what um, you were just speaking to Jess and they're, they're kind of grappling with it. Mm-hmm. The fact that, there is really so little research done on bodies that contain uteruses that all the time we're, we're learning about these horrendous things that can happen in the freaking moment. Case in point with your help syndrome that happened to y'all and then what Marie and Jill find out in their baby making process. And, it, it, and it's like mm-hmm. baffling to me. And just to be 
transparent, they did suffer a miscarriage and it was what was called a silent miscarriage, which was new to me. And then there was like new to them. Yes. Yeah. And how common it is. How common. And then why are we learning? Why is there not enough education and and, uh, research done on on our bodies? And it pisses me off. And to that note, also, why is there not a lot of comfort care given to Mm. those women who are experiencing that and or you know uterus having people I should use the correct terminology anyone of us who have uteruses who are going through something like Mm -hmm. that there there's a whole aspect to medical care that's being ignored it's still a huge process to try to get pregnant you know to go through the selection and then to find out you are pregnant and then like just a couple of weeks later, figure out something's not going mm-hmm. the way that you thought it would. And maybe right. if it was, you know, a heterosexual baby making way type of uh, situation, you may not have even known know. that you were pregnant at that point. But right. we are, we're fully invested yeah. in these families. So even though it's very common, right. you know, it still doesn't negate the fact that those couples, those people need comfort care and more resources should be provided need, and yeah. it wasn't for them at least that's what I gathered from the episode yeah like they barely told them a hug they barely told her they yeah. barely told her in the room and then she was like I have to sit here and process this you know what yeah. I think y'all could just do the whole interview and <laughs> I left sorry it. we're giving a lot of spoilers aren't we it's okay sorry. I mean really at the end of the day, it's a hundred percent worth it. Like as much as our kid is a pain in the ass and <laughs> you know, these processes to getting pregnant, we wouldn't have these wonderful, beautiful no. stories to share with people. Yeah. Not yeah. only those stories are wrapped in education to people on how queer families are made, yeah. mm-hmm. which is so important, which is why we have this podcast so that and the book, right? Oh my God. <laughs> They just held out my book. Me and Robin's book. Oh, I love that. Yay. It's my book for the month. Oh, my God. Thanks for reading the book. And if y'all want to go buy it, you can buy If These Overs Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Baby. Is that it? I haven't said it in so long. Um, wherever you buy Family. books and you also, we also have an audio book, which is read by myself and Robin Hopkins, my previous co-host. But I'm so, cause you're in the thick of it right now. You really are. Y'all are trying to get yep. pregnant and- yeah, you so we're waiting for fast grows faster than our process. Right. We're waiting for a frozen transfer, trying to figure all that out. Okay, because you did the retrieval, and did you get it? And we yeah. only got one. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I am older. There's a lot yeah. of other things that go into that. There are different things that depend on your age and mm-hmm. the quality of your eggs and things like that. Even though all of my tests were good and I had lots of follicles that yeah. looked like follicles. Sometimes you don't know the difference between a cyst and a follicle. Right. And I do have polyovarian cystic syndrome. So like, um, or polycystic ovarian syndrome, one of those things. So you just don't know, but now we know we have one chance. And of course, also keeping in line with how things go in our life, we did test that we tested the embryo and then it was inconclusive because they didn't get enough oh my of the God. cells or something. Do you get a refund so- on that? No, luckily I have insurance. Oh, okay. Thankfully, but yeah, if I want a refund on the freaking whole IVF process, you only got one egg, right? It was a faster than a quick oil change. I mean, I went in there. She went back, and I was like, she just went back. I was looking forward to a nap, and then I also had to think about and ask the questions to our doctor. What happens if at nine weeks, when we do the genetic testing, since we weren't able to get conclusive results? What happens at that point being in the Midwest 
if I have to have a medical abortion, abortion you know? Oh, so, shit. Right. Things to think about. Oh, my God. Bottom line is you should not have have to go through this. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. You should be able to have medical access in every freaking state. It shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, to do this is a whole other podcast, which I'm sure (laughs) we're happy to come back to. But, you know, as someone who lives in a state where there's the heartbeat bill and then the state where my physician is, they're like no options whatsoever. I had to get confirmation from him that he had connections he in connections. other states he had where connections. that could be an oh option if I needed to go to that. We will get you in level. the right area. Oh my God. Just Why is, I mean, it's like an underground railroad. To it, get is. it really is. Medical is. care. This is medical care for people with uteruses. That's what this, this episode should be called. It like, could be what the fuck too, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are, you know, as cisgendered, you know, women, mm-hmm. we're kind of at an advantage even when we're talking about, you know, other people who have uteruses, who are trying to have families, and they're already going through their own issues as well, just trying to find providers who will work with them. Yeah. You know, if you're a transgender or agender, however you, you know, present if yourself to yeah, them. Yeah, wherever you are on the spectrum. There's a whole different level right of now, medical care that... Right now it's bad. Right now yeah. it's very scary. Shoot, you're going to need to save all Your this whole for a other second, a- episode. second episode. <laughs> I tell you. I'm trying to reel myself back right now. All of you at home, this conversation went all kinds of places. We talked way longer than we were planning to, but we couldn't put the whole conversation into the intro. So if you want to watch the rest of this conversation on video, you have to head to Patreon. Mm. Go to the Patreon. Yeah. It's going to be there. This conversation, we go we go deep into some other topics and and it's really hard to stop talking to yeah, Angela and Jess. things that need to be talked about, things that need to be on the airways. Yeah. This was beautiful. This has been amazing. We have to tell you know who to roll that tape. Would y'all like to do the honors? The two ladies who are would you like necking in the corner? It's true. Helen and Beulah. Where did Beulah come from? She's new. She's She's new. new. She's new. Did you know? (laughs) Did you know that Helen entered the podcast the very first time we were on the podcast? Oh, that's you were the you were that the beginning was, of Helen. We were yes, we were the we beginning were, of Helen. We were Helen's oh conception. Yeah, you manifested <laughs> Helen right before we came on the podcast. Oh my god! And now here we are, introing them. Right, Helen and Viola, roll the tape. <laughs> Queer Family Podcast. Wait, Helen, before you rolled that tape, this is uh, Jamie's daughter Rose. I have to tell you that you should join my mom's Patreon. Patreon. My mom's. Patreon. My mom works really hard on this show, but even with the the sponsors, she really doesn't make enough profit to hire a real assistant or a team. So please go to Patreon. Pa- Patreon. Patreon. Please go to Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> so please go to Patreon.com slash the Queer Family Podcast and join now. You'll do a good thing and get bonus contact she really loves this stuff the queer family podcast well hello jill and marie hello hello i'm very excited to have you and let's just let's just jump right into it shall we let's just jump right into your elevator pitch tell us who you are why you're here in 30 seconds or less good luck (laughs) on your mark get set go 
All right. Uh, Jill and Marie here. We both swiped right. We fell in love and decided we wanted to get married. Somehow, totally accidentally proposed to each other on the same day, which was magical. Uh, did the marriage thing, the house thing, and decided we wanted to start a family. So we went through the fertility clinic and sperm donor. And after three IUIs, we have our now 18-month-old daughter, Nora. And now we're trying to decide, do we grow our family again or do we just get a dog? Boom. That was good. That was, <laughs> that was 30 ooh, seconds. That was wow. right on top. You practiced. You wow. practiced. I, a a couple times in my car. <laughs> I did. I'm not going to lie. I, I love that. I'm very competitive. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you just won. <laughs> that was perfect. That was amazing. And you managed to get the, the dog in there in true lesbian fashion. So I'm really proud yeah, of you. Of course. Absolutely. I'm really proud. You can, and you, and just for the record, you can always get a dog on top of the other kid. Not put them on top, but you know what I mean. Like you could always, oh, yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. I would, I would recommend waiting. Don't do them at the same There's time. There's options. There's options. There's options. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's dig in. So so you swiped right. Does that mean you met on a dating app? Yes. Tinder. Yeah. Tinder. Yeah. 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 I honestly, I do think you had a picture of you and your dog at the I time. Did. I did. That was a selling yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and I think you were reading or something. So as you do, yeah, perfect yeah, fit, that, all the stereotypes. But yeah, yeah. and then I think we, you know, I think I asked you out on the first like three dates. Really went for mm-hmm. it. Um, and then from there, it was just yeah. I get a lot of crap for that too because I didn't ask you out. You t- yeah, at all till Uh-oh. yeah. But then like date four, I was like all in, and yeah. you were probably like whoa. What Back happened? it up a little bit. We're on we have this thing before. where, like, I vividly remember her just bringing, like, an overnight bag, like a, like a very stocked, like, oh, I'm sticking around kind of Which thing. Which I adamantly deny. Yeah. But oh, it geez. happened. So when you met, had you both been living that lesbian lifestyle? Um. Yes. But not for very long. I mean, I think we were both pretty late bloomers, mm-hmm. uh, right? I mean, I didn't yeah. come, I didn't really come out, per se, until I was, like, 24. Five, maybe 26 or so mm-hmm. um and then i had met you at like 20 oh god 28 maybe yeah um i had just started dating girls like the six months prior so okay. you were like yeah i guess like i was a little third or fourth yeah <laughs> yeah you were you had a little bit more going on there okay so beautiful things are hunky-dory uh, and mm-hmm. then the proposal happens. What happened here? What oh, yes. is going on? This is so I like I don't I feel like this is just like the lesbian story. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's let's hear it. Yes. Yeah, so we were dating about two years at this point and, mm-hmm. you know, talked about wanting to get married. And we kind of landed on that. I would be the one proposing, um, uh-huh. you know, because you're just more romantic and I'm soulless at times. So it was like, <laughs> oh, let's do something like fun and exciting for her you know I'm pause for a second because I'm just thinking back to before my wife proposed to me and it was like this is something I haven't thought about there is kind of a discussion well for us there was a discussion on who was going to be the one to propose and it was decided Mm -hmm. between the two of us this is so funny that you're bringing me back to this that she would propose I was like Mm -hmm. obviously you propose that's something that's unique to our relationships. That's so funny that right. you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of knew too, like when we started talking that I would do it. Like it was just kind of like, oh yeah, you would right. be the one. But it, it would kind of land <laughs> not in that reason being so like, funny. you know, it'd be nice to have, you know, you have like the surprise and and whatever. Uh-huh. We uh-huh. figure out the rings. And so then we'd kind of both have them on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so when I proposed, she'd kind of could be ready to propose back. Wait, wait, wait. You were going to propose and then, and then Marie, you were going to propose back. That was the plan. I don't know. even know if I thought it through that much. Well, I think we <laughs> wanted to have the ring. I'm so, so bad. I know the numbers are terrible. We wanted to, I thought we wanted to have the ring on hand. So then it was like, you know, if you were able to like, you know, not too long after be able to kind of like propose back kind of thing, the ring, like then we could do it that way versus like waiting a while to get the ring. Look at us queer stepping outside the box with this proposal plan. (laughs) I love it. So outside the box. Okay. So then it didn't take me too long. I planned for like that April. Um, We had like a little long weekend getaway to um, a gunkwit main, Mm -hmm. which we like loved um, and been to. So it's like a special place for us. And, you know, I had this idea there's, you know, the marginal way there, which is like this beautiful, you know, seaside, like cliff walk. But meanwhile, I had the same idea. (laughs) So I remember in my head being like, she's just not going to do it for a while. <laughs> so I'm just going to have this plan in my head and like, just do it. And I also w- was like, this is going to be so much more surprising to her. Cause I'd been like dropping these hints and whatnot. Right. So right, I was like, right. I'm just going to take the reins. So it's like what you're describing your plan was mine. It's like the same spot and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So we get down to Maine and yeah, I have this idea of this, you know, in your head, right. This, you know, spice and there's beautiful, you know, cliff sidewalk and whatever. That's where I'm going to do it. And it was like this fluke of a snowstorm. Like it was like hail and like a couple of inches in like the in middle April. of April. Oh. Um, and, you know, so we were just kind of nervous about that. And, you know, so we're obviously both in our, our own heads uh, and just kind of <laughs> nervous about our, our plan. And, and, we, you know, just head to the bar mm-hmm, and I think have, you know, I have a couple of drinks pretty quickly. We were so not subtle about things too. Like you had, had a massive bag with me. You had a massive bag that yeah. had this eventually had like the sign in it that said like, will you marry me? I had like a champagne bottle probably just like <laughs> sticking out of my purse. Yeah, so we like, not call each other out at that point. We we're both just, downing drinks and, yeah. the, and then we're like, let's go for a walk. Yeah, it's a blizzard. Yeah. Beautiful, uh, like, beautiful day for a walk. yeah so we you know probably kind of tipsy like huddle up in our you know coats and and start going on this walk (laughs) and start going on this walk and we sit down like on a log looking you know out the ocean and marie starts to show me on her phone um she starts to play a video and it's like this compilation of like pictures of us you know to some music so it was like super cute Still hadn't really dawned on me then that you were doing anything. Um, I'm still like in my head, like, okay, like this is great, but let me let me get yeah. going here on my proposal. And then the last like picture in the video um is Marie holding a sign that says, Will you marry me? <gasps> yeah. I, I was just like, uh, and then you were like, wait. <laughs> I pulled like the ring out of my pocket. It was just like, uh, but, like, just could not speak either. Like, you know, I think I just was like, you, know, you did though. Me you did a ring, great proposal. Like, and I, yeah. <laughs> I was so nervous at that point that I was glad that she hijacked it because I was like speechless. I did. I did hijack I was, like, it. Like, can the video speak for me? <laughs> He's like, I made a video. <laughs> yeah. I just need an answer. I'm not speaking anymore. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you we, saw it. What do you say? Yeah, we both kind of, yeah, we just kind of blacked <laughs> out for a bit, each of us, I think. Yeah, you were, you were bawling. And so then I was able to kind of like, yeah, get down on one knee and kind of do the full Aww. proposal piece. And, and there was actually people watching us from above that were clapping that I didn't even realize they were there until after the fact. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like 15 people like watching us what? right now. Yeah. Oh, but it's funny how you black out your entire environment when you're that. <laughs> I'm I like, oh, it. there's people out there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
And then you both yeah. said yes. And then it was like, yes. mm-hmm. and the rest is history. No, there's a lot more history to unpack, actually. Yes. <laughs> okay, folks, we know that queer baby making costs some money in most cases. It costs some money. And some of us, before we start that baby making process, we want to take control of any debt we may have. We want to get our money in order. And so if one of your goals this year is to take control of your credit card debt, I have a way for you to do it. You can pay off your credit cards faster with a low fixed rate loan from Lightstream and start saving that money to make them babies or buy a house or whatever it is you want to do. Like, I'm not, I'm not assuming you all just want to make babies, but chances are you might because you're listening to this show. <laughs> so listen up. A credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you pay off your credit cards and lock in a low fixed interest rate. Rates start at 7.99% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus the rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan. And you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and there are absolutely no fees, which I love. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. And just for the Queer Family Podcast listeners, Apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash OCT. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash OCT. Disclaimer, subject to credit approval. Rates range from 7.99% APR to 23.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash OCT. OCT for more information. Just go do that, do that, do that. Make those babies. Queer family podcast. Love is love. Why don't we skip ahead so you get married? When does the family planning come into picture? Um, I would say like probably a year in or so. So mm-hmm. we we always knew we wanted to have kids, yep. like kid or kids or whatnot. Um, and I think like we had bought our house like in February, and I think by the time it was maybe April or May, we started the process. But that was also like 2020. So like 2020. COVID just Ugh. like, yeah, just started too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we had, we had known sort of that I was going to do it first. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to do it one time and sort of wanted done type of thing. So like to carry actually, and experience like the yeah, whole. Uh-huh. Yeah. We had our donor sort of picked out before that too. We kind of went through a search, which is, Kind let's, of overwhelming. There are so many choices. Let's unpack that donor search, shall we? <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I think I know it was a little bit difficult. Well, so I'm like the type that like, I just like to do research on th- like everything to the point where it's probably detrimental at times. So like <laughs> we had paid for like the, you know, the monthly membership. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone, I went through like so many donors and like got it down to three. And then I think you got your own list. And it was just funny because like our lists were like the personalities of the people we chose were so different. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, too, it was more about like, obviously, we're concerned about like health history, medical history. Like we we kind of didn't really want a whole lot of that. But like, yeah, we were on the same page about I think you want for sure. Yeah, I think you wanted someone correct me if I'm more like funny and like social. And I was like, well, yeah, that's important. But like, I want them to also be like grounded and intelligent and so we had kind of found like a middle donor that like made a couple jokes we got like an audio too and we got to listen to him I I think that really kind of sold me on that so we actually made that decision and then the next day I got 
a call saying, Hey, are you really interested? Cause I kind of put like seven vials on hold, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had gotten so many calls like overnight, like, Hey, if you're interested, you need to like kind of move forward with this. Cause we, they're, they were going to sell out. And I was like, we, this is our person. <laughs> this was at like a major, one of the bigger sperm banks. Yeah. 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 So I think at that point we're like, this is our person. Let's mm-hmm. do it. I thankfully didn't have any fertility issues initially. And so like, I think we kind of went into it thinking, oh, this is great. I got my first IUI and got pregnant right away. Wow. And you had bought seven vials. Yes. Which is wise because you don't know how long it's going to take. So, and especially if he's getting, if he's getting bought up, you want to buy what you need. Right. So, no. right, and, and he was sold out at that point, like was. only sibling only after we got our vials. Oh, wow. But yeah, so we had gotten pregnant on the first try. And, you know, I think I was kind of naive about it, to be honest. I think like you think everything's going to be fine mm-hmm. and you're like, this is wonderful. And you're kind of like in that happy zone. But mm-hmm. I think like you just it's so early and you just don't think of maybe the, the negative things that could happen. And mm-hmm. I think like because we had IUI, we had a um, seven, seven or eight week, seven week ultrasound, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everything seemed fine, normal. I went in and and again, this was during COVID. So right. I went in by myself. Yeah. For like pretty um, much every appointment you had. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for this, the heartbeat check, I went in yeah. and, you know, they, they just couldn't find heartbeat. Um, and I think I was really surprised because all of my blood work was normal. Everything was doubling. So like my placenta was and body was doing everything it should be doing because my blood work was great, Mm -hmm. but that still doesn't tell you the health of like the fetus, which I think was surprising to us because you think of the normal, or I guess not the normal, but the stereotypical miscarriage, like you just, your, maybe your blood works off. It's low. Like you start bleeding, whatnot. And that wasn't the case for, for us at all. There were no signs. Um, No, there was nothing. Like I wasn't, I mean, I had a little cramping, but they told me that was kind of normal initially, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have any bleeding or anything. Um, And she didn't really even tell me that I was miscarrying. She's like, yeah, I would say this is concerning. Do you want to talk to someone? I'm like, well, yeah, like, (laughs) of course I do. Like, what do you mean? And I was trying to kind of get it out of her, but I think she was like not wanting to say it. She didn't want to say miscarriage, but then what does she tell? Like, how do you not say it's a miscarriage? If there's no heartbeat. And you're right, pregnant. Right. What right. does that mean? What a terrible thing to have to read between the lines right. about yeah, without yeah. getting a direct answer. Yeah. So any I did end up talking to, I think it was like a nurse practitioner. And I and I went in and I'm I'm sort of like hysterical at this point. And mm. I'm again by myself. So I was like, maybe this person's just gonna like talk me down, like talk me through it. And she really didn't say a whole lot. She said, you know, that sometimes these things just happen and um, you know, sooner or later you'll start to bleed. And I was like, Okay. And then I walked away. She called me back and I was like, okay, maybe she's got more information for me. And she was like, you're O negative, right? So just make sure like when you do start bleeding, you give us a call. Oh my God. And I was just a mess. Like I got to the car and I was just yeah, you like, were. I'm not going to just hang out until I start bleeding. That's like the worst right. thing to do to somebody to just wait. Um, so we ended up having to schedule like a DNC because my body just wasn't, it's called a silent miscarriage. I had never heard of it before. No. Um, and I guess it just goes to show like, there's just not a whole lot of education out there about miscarriages. I think it, and it's so common. I didn't really realize how common it is right. either. And I think 
but yeah, it was just kind of mind blowing the whole experience. It's like there's but. no education for things that have to do with the folks whose bodies contain uteruses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately. <laughs> you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we learn these things in the mi- while it's happening to us, which mm-hmm. what the fuck, especially if it's a common thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on. Ugh, I'm yeah. so sorry. So, I mean, you know, that experience was obviously negative and, and, it, and I think after that it was, it was a bit um, rough because we did have to kind of go through a lot of stuff before we could have our next IUI. It felt like so long. It was probably like four months, but it felt so much longer. I think we had to get, I don't even know, like HS, like some types of ultrasounds to make sure everything was clear and right. ready to go. And at, and then everything was fine. And then at one point they're like, yeah, you can do it in two months. I'm the type of person I'm like, okay, let's, let's get back into this. Like, I, I, I just want to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they finally let us do a second IUI that September. So mm-hmm. it was like May and then September we had our second one, which didn't take. And then mm-hmm. the third one took. Um, Were you able to that, do the third one the next month? Yes. In October. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yes. So like we got, we kind of got through that summer was just, oh, that was a yeah. horrible summer. Yeah. Um, but it was hard because we were in that place too. We were like, you know, it's not always commonly talked about too. And I think trying to figure out like, do we share, how do we share this news of a miscarriage? Oh, yeah. Like, or, you know, do we, and who do we feel comfortable with? And then just kind of relegating like people's responses to that. And I was so hesitant because I just didn't know what to do. And I think when I did share it, I was surprised pleasantly surprised at the responses I got because mm-hmm. so many more people went through it than I realized. Right. Like my coworker went through it like twice and she had like talked to me about it and it was just so eye opening. So I think that actually gave me a feeling of like feeling better that yeah. like you're just you're not alone in it. It's so important to hear the stories. It's so important. That's mm-hmm. you know yeah. the whole premise of this show. Like we got to hear these yeah. stories so we know that we're not alone right yeah. in this whole right. thing. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. Mm. And we even had friends who, you know, even if they hadn't gone through that experience personally, you know, just kind of responding like you would if, you know, you've had a friend who's gone through a loss and, you know, sent us a meal or just for checking in a little bit more and how we were doing. And so, you know, yeah, I guess, I guess we did did find that in most occasions, it was kind of nice to like talk share. about it and share yeah. it and, and, you know, because then we were getting support. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So shitty thing happens. Terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then two IUIs later. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then we got pregnant okay. and the third try. And I was, I was cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. I think I let myself breathe around like, like the, yeah. the ultrasound at like the 20 week ultrasound. Um, but like the, it, everything went, went well mm-hmm. with a pregnancy. Like, yeah. I don't think, I think I got sick for like a week. I probably shouldn't brag because there's so many people that are like, <laughs> like me, like, me like who how horrible sick for like pregnancies. The whole first semester. Yeah. <laughs> Trimester. I said <Yeah>. semester. <laughs> uh, okay. And but, so uh, easy pregnancy. fast labor. Okay. Yeah. The labor itself was pretty funny. Like a it was solid. Like, three. Well, you got there at like you, seven centimeters dilated. So you did a lot of work at, yeah. you did a lot of work at home. Yeah. And then yeah. you wow. got there. They checked me out and I, and they're like, oh, you're going to have a baby today. And I was like, get this out of me now. <laughs> like get me an epidural because you they cut you off at like what, eight centimeters or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should tell the pillow story though. Oh yeah, you sent me home. I think I almost missed. I almost had daughter's birth because she sent me home to get a, a coffee. 
And then like I get back and like 45 minutes later, you're like three pushes and she's oh out. So. Yeah, the nurse is like, you can take a nap. And I was like, these hospital pillows are not <laughs> what I want to go to sleep. <laughs> the nurse is like, you got time, go home. Because we're like 10 minutes away from the hospital. Right. Yeah, she comes back and then the doctor came in and told us it was time to push him. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. All right, I wanted to sleep a little bit. Like, yeah. oh and probably the first push, they were like, told me to stop <laughs> because... It was well, like the doctor wasn't there so at that point. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think it was, yeah, I just saw the look on the the nurse and the attendant's like face, like, oh, like she's coming. Yeah, we're she's gonna coming. deliver this baby if you don't. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, you should have seen the bag she brought for that. So <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of large bags that come with me. Okay, so baby comes, everything's great. And yes. um and now how old is baby? She's 19 months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. 19 months. Yep. All she's right. doing well. We're really lucky. She She's awesome. And yeah, well, she's a person that's wrapped around her fingers. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That's how it works. That's Delegates how it goes. Tasks. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. But so, Jill, uh, in the beginning mm-hmm. of this, you said that, you know, Marie, you said, I wanted to do it. I wanted to experience. So I was going to go first. Does that mean you had already always thought you were going to have to? Jill, do you have the desire to? carry and do the stuff do the thing i do not um you know we we definitely (laughs) went into starting a family thinking we wanted to you know mostly just because you know we have sisters we just kind of wanted um you know we wanted siblings Mm -hmm. um so yeah the idea kind of going into it was like you knew you wanted to carry Mm -hmm. once and it was you know whether if you didn't want to carry again like a sense of equity that I would I would kind of you know try it like yeah tag your it so and I also was like I don't know if I want to do this twice yeah yeah so yeah so then that was kind of the idea going into it um so I didn't particularly feel like an urge and I still you know don't feel like an urge to Mm -hmm. you know to carry on my own so I was certainly happy when Marie wanted to the first time around um and yeah we're kind of just in this place now of you know, deciding whether we want to grow our family or not. Um, I had kind of just within the past two years, like not trying to go check, get checked out fertility wise had gone to my doctors just for some concerns related to my period Mm -hmm. and ended up finding out I I do have, you know, some, um, some issues that would complicate the fertility process. Uh Yeah. About two years ago, it just, my periods were just getting like a lot worse, a lot heavier and more painful. I'd gone in for an ultrasound. They said I had fibroids, which was really common. Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't you go get another, you know, um, I got a sauna histogram, you know, just to kind of take a, a full picture of that uterus mm-hmm. and, and see what's going on and discovered that I have this congenital abnormality. Um, it's a unicorduate uterus. Oh, I've heard of this. I never heard of it before. That's... We hadn't heard of it before. So explain it. So just... Uh, Do you want to explain the look on the doctor's <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so it's this like um, pretty rare, again, congenital abnormality. So I didn't inherit it, just like a random shuffling of how my uterus, um, you know, kind of came together. And I guess, you know, you have two parts of the uterus that are supposed to kind of go together and then kind of fuse in the middle. And with a unicornate uterus, um, half of the uterus is like underdeveloped. Um, And so that generally means that, you know, you usually have either one um, fallopian tube or two and one of them's, um, you know, non-functioning. And, you know, it's generally like a smaller and usually there's like um fertility implications there's again there's not like a whole lot of research of course. like i think we were trying to look it up not. and be yeah. like 
Because right. again, I'm the one, I'm like, I need information. I want science. I right. want research. And I'm like, right. there's really not a whole lot out there. Right? Well, when you like, look on like the odds, I guess it's like less than 0.1%. Like it's like right. a pretty, pretty rare, rare thing. Yeah. And as you said, right, you know, there's just also not a lot of research and focus on it, um, right. on women's issues in general. But um, yeah, so it, I, I guess it comes with like higher rates of miscarriage in the first and second trimester, um, higher rates of like preterm labor. And and generally speaking, you'd you'd have to do a Mm. C-section. So yeah, that was, I think it was just a crazy, you know, again, when you talk about like your interactions, just with like the medical field or system as you're kind of, you know, doing this fertility piece, it was just like an odd way of finding it out. You know, most women, I guess, don't know, that they have a unicorn uterus until, um, you know, they've had recurrent miscarriages and uh, then, you know, they're being seen in a, in a, you know, fertility clinic. Right. And yeah, just the experience of the appointments when I found it out was just, was just strange. <laughs> um, you know, as a doctor doing the procedure, not like my OB and, you know, as they're kind of doing it, they are like, you know, just so you know, you have this, you, you know, rare it's a unicorn uterus and and you know and he says this and I totally leaving the appointment don't remember what he's told me so I, I leave and I go to Maria like he told me I have this this U uterus it starts with the U I don't know what it is I gotta google it Did right now draw a banana or something oh my god <laughs> he's like you know people with this type of uterus can have these um but he he uses the phrase this, this rudimentary horn, but because he knows that I, I he's saying all these things that I'm like a deer in headlights, he kind of describes it as this like little secondary uterus that's like either connected or like open to or connected to the the uterus. Um, so technically, we have three uteruses between uh, I, I, two. two of us. <laughs> three uterus between you. Three uteri. <laughs> We just got a little extra one in there. Um, so he's like, let me, I'm going to look for that one right now. Like, okay, sure. Um, and then they're like, at that appointment, they said, I, I didn't have this kind of like, you know, non-connected secondary uterus, this rudimentary, closed off rudimentary horn. Um, so he's like, now we're going to check your kidneys. Oh. Like, what do you mean my kidneys? <laughs> like sometimes people with this type of uterus also either have one kidney or their Jesus. kidneys are not in the right place. What the fuck? <laughs> right? What? The no. fuck? what? <laughs> like my kidneys sorry, too? <laughs> right. Like I'm going in for fibroids and now I'm like, I'm up a uterus and down a kidney. Like, like how does what this, the fuck? how does this work? And I have a unicorn inside of me. Like, and I have a unicorn. What like I thought I had a good sense, right. <laughs> you know, identifying as a woman as a lesbian, good sense of my anatomy down there. <laughs> now I'm totally lost. No, not like, at all. no idea. Oh my God. Okay. My kidneys are fine. They're in the right place. Okay, I have two good. of them. Little mercies. But yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, you know, I think again, because he, this doctor in all good intention was, um, you know, could tell I was pretty overwhelmed and with the information he was giving and not understanding it you know, decides to kind of draw a picture and, you know, he, he draws, you know, the upside down triangle uh-huh. and, you know, this is the typical uterus. Um, and then as he starts to draw mine, it's like, you know, kind of clear. It's not like a, this is a, you know, everyone is a different shape and size. So yeah. And he unfortunately uses again, and I think trying to use the layman term, it's like a banana shape. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. You said that now that'll, forever be ingrained oh my God. in my mind. Oh, that's <laughs> helpful. 
<laughs> so yeah, but I guess that's, you know, the generally it's just a smaller size, which is why it tends to have more difficulty with, mm-hmm. with fertility. I can get pregnant, but it's keeping, you know, uh, keeping the pregnancy right. um, and then, you know, the labor piece that can add some complications. So yeah, I'm still very yeah. much trying to figure that piece out. And and yeah. now we're kind of in a place where we're leaning towards, you know, Marie, if we did want to have a second Marie possibly carrying. But I think there's also like so much like to think about too. I think a lot of families say, okay, I want two kids. And then they just kind of have a second. Right. I, I think for us, it was more thought. I guess we just put so much thought into it yeah. because- there's so many different things that you like lifestyle or financial piece of it, or, um, you know, like we mentioned getting a dog or like how much responsibilities do you want to have? But then also like, it would be great for her to have a sibling. I mean, we have siblings. So um, I think for us too, it was just like, you know, obviously the fertility stuff, but then also I think we're still in kind of two minds about where how to move forward with it. With yeah. it well, like maybe more towards a second, but yeah. There's, Cause there's so many choices. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. because you're you're queer, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's choices to to make. There's decisions to make. It's not mm-hmm. like you know, like heterosexual couples. They have the first, and they know that if they have the second, it's going to be the same formula for the most mm-hmm. part, right? Mm-hmm. You, you already yeah. figured it out that that worked. We're going to do that again. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way with us. There's mm-hmm. there's there's options. There's choices. There's decisions to make. And like right. Jill, like a big question I have for you is: Do genetics matter to you? Do you want a genetic tie to one of your children? You know, it, it it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, I I don't have a genetic tie to Nora, mm-hmm. and it couldn't matter less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I don't necessarily again feel the feel the need to um, you know, have a genetic tie to a possible second. Um, right now, it's really more, you know, what makes the most sense. Um, for us, you know, emotionally in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. how do we go through this process of it, knowing it could potentially be, you know, more complicated um, if I'm carrying, but then, you know, you're not super pumped yeah. about the idea of just, getting pregnant again and, yeah, and the yeah. emotional toll, I think sometimes you have from that. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, like the pregnancy was fairly easy, but the aftermath, which I hear a lot about is just like the breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not like the I love to breastfeed and I love, I didn't like that experience. Um, Mm -hmm. The hormones are just kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think it took me several months before I was feeling like myself again. I think it took Um, me a couple of years, honestly. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really only like now, maybe I'm, I'm into like my like workout routine Mm -hmm. and like getting back on track with things. But I mean, I just didn't realize how much pregnancy can really throw you for a loop, not really even just during, but the aftermath mm-hmm. of that, like mm-hmm. sort of like you got to get your sleep back, your hormones got to get back to normal. You have to like start eating right. You kind of have to get. And I think going from like not being a parent to being a parent mm-hmm. is a massive change in huge, itself. So, huge. And then you'd be going yeah. from a one kid house to a two kid house. And that's a massive mm-hmm. change right. too. Mm-hmm. But like, Right. Also, did you use fertility drugs to get pregnant or was it, were they unmedicated? No. So um, my doctor was kind of against that for me um, initially, just because they wanted to see if I could do it naturally Ooh, that's good. Um, because all of my blood work and stuff was fine. So I didn't, they did do the second round, um, a trigger shot, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. And it actually didn't work hmm. for the second IUI, which I thought was weird because it's almost like your body, maybe your body wasn't ready yet to like ovulate and the trigger shot kind of gets you there. And 
it did that. It didn't work for me at that point when I did yeah. that. So you're kind of in a, you're in between mm-hmm. places right now. You're yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I think, it's, I think we're leaning more towards a second because I think with us, like what we've talked about is, will we regret this mm. like 10, 15 years down the road? Yeah. Will we be at like Christmas and be like, oh, I wish there was another one here or I talked to my sister a lot about it, um, really close with her, and she's pregnant right now with her second. And I think when it came to my mind and what she reminded me is that sort of all of our negatives are more temporary things. Uh, You know, it's temporary loss of sleep. It's temporary emotional stuff and financial stuff, but sort of like to have a five-year ahead of looking sort of ahead and where you would be at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, we're leaning more towards a second just because I mean, I think just if you can deal with like the first like zero to three year, maybe things will kind of get, like even out. And I just don't want to regret it later. I think yeah. that's kind of where we're at with yeah. that. I think that's a good way to look at it. What path will you regret the least? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think we kind of, yeah, the past few months, we've kind of gone through this process. Like you said, it was like first it was like very like, you know, rational, like pros and cons Mm -hmm. and neither one of us were like had a real strong feeling either way Mm -hmm. um and I feel like you could live in that space for months if not Mm -hmm. years you know and then it was just recently you know maybe like I feel like there's been a few times where you've kind of gotten a little baby fever or like oh my god yeah or Mm -hmm. like Like the past couple months I'm like see a baby I'm yeah, oh, where's my baby? Definitely, my yeah. baby's like, running around now. Or like yeah. Nora will be, you know, playing like with one of our friends' kids and like playing is, you know, loose term. She could just be like within six feet of the kid. And yeah. we're just like, oh my God, she's going to be such a good sibling. Like in right. her life right now, we've got to do <laughs> yeah. it. She like runs um, up and kisses all the babies and right. tickles their feet. She's not yeah. going to do that for her sibling. Don't worry. She's not <laughs> no, going to do that not, at no, all. I know. Yeah, that's a very good point. But yeah. Then, so there's Those like, ones aren't more, coming home with us. So like a little more emotion kind of behind that I think has like propelled us to like, you know, make some of these like, you know, we have some follow-up like appointments kind of coming up just to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, but then again, it's like roller coaster yeah. ride because now that we're like it's like hitting us, we're kind of taking some like concrete steps to start it. It's like, oof, this whole yeah. process again. We're also not like the youngest <laughs> chicken looks like and, and the, right. The yeah, clock, the, the farm, clock is so. ticking. So you have to make mm-hmm. your decision. But here, if there's one thing I know, whatever mm-hmm. decision you make and stick mm-hmm. with is going to be the right decision. And, mm-hmm. and and you have to be confident in that. And now, as as we always say, I'm invested. Mm-hmm. So you have to let me know mm-hmm. and you have to keep me posted. Yeah. And I'll mm-hmm. tell all the listeners because we're all invested now. We want to know, did you go for number two or not? Because I think a lot yeah. of I, a lot of our listeners at home grapple yeah. with the same exact decision, mm-hmm. right? And it's a, yeah. it's a real serious decision, especially for our families. So um, I'm glad mm-hmm. you talked it through with me. And now you have to tell us what you decide. We will. Yeah, Yeah, we'll definitely follow up. All right. Well, thank you so much for telling this story. I'm so glad you reached out. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. us. We love the podcast. Yes, we're big fans. Love is love. (sighs) Well, folks, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. What a good story. But, but... The conversation is not over, folks. Be sure you're following the show on all the socials. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at The Queer Family Podcast. You're going to get photos of all the guests there, some videos, and just, you know, all around fun from yours truly. Who doesn't want that? Don't miss out. You don't want FOMO. Nobody wants FOMO. And don't forget to join me on Patreon to help me create this super important queer content. You're going to head to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast to sign up and get that bonus content. 
And one more thing, if you love this show and want to represent your love for us and our beautiful families, you need to head to our shop and get some Queer Family Podcast merchandise. We've got so many designs and you can put these designs on any product in the store. We've got t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, notebooks, face masks, laptop cases. You're just going to go to tpublic.com and search for the Queer Family Podcast. Or you can find the shop on our website at thequeerfamilypodcast.com. There's so many ways, so many ways. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Tune back in next week for another episode all about family, but with gay. 